I gotta, if I gotta f Ron Jeremy, I want top dollar. <laughs> I, I want to be paid as much as possible. Radio Drome. Welcome to another episode of Radio Drome, a very divisive episode, I am sure it will be. I am Josh Hadley. With me, as always, is Cecil is pretty opinionated but likes to keep it to himself. Trachtenberg? Yeah, I, I am usually. Peter is Canadian, so he can say anything he wants because he's technically Serbian, so if you speak out against him, it's racist. Gajic? Yeah, about that about covers it. I'd say. Well, tonight we're going to look at some of the current controversies in Hollywood. And yeah, we're going to be looking at the one you know we're going to be looking at. But before that, and Harvey Weinstein would love this, you go to adamandeve.com. Use the promo code DROME, D-R-O-M-E. And you will get 50% off of a single item, three free DVDs, a free sex swing, and free U.S. shipping. Just use the promo code DROME at adamandeve.com. We will talk about Harvey Weinstein, but we have some other things to talk about prior to that. Let's get the the racial ones out of the way, and I can't believe I have to say that. We have the Deadpool 2 controversy. So what happened was, they're shooting Deadpool 2, and the character Domino from the comic books is in this movie. And she's played by Zazie Beetz. And I have a kind of a problem with that outright, because you're casting a black lady to play a white character. And a I don't literal, mean a, ugh, a yes. literal white character. A person exactly. Has I'm like, she's albino. Yeah, she's an albino in the comics. Literally means, white, not which Caucasian. Which means that a, a black person could have still played her, but you gotta do what they did for Gamora in Guardians of the Galaxy. You can still paint her white. You can still do that. Or like light blue or some shit. Like, that's still Yeah, works. so, so I have a problem with Zazie Beats, not as an actress, but playing this part. She's not right for the part of Domino in Deadpool 2. But what happened was, they were filming a motorcycle stunt. This is a Fox movie. Fox got in trouble a year or two ago on the Gotham TV show when they had a white stunt driver doubling a black actor. And then they literally blackfaced them to match the shots, which I think that's not a problem. In that case, that's not bad blackface. You know, stunt people have to double whoever the actor is. Okay, so they put they put black makeup on the act, but even still, yeah. that's not bl- like blackface is the old feet don't fail me now, you know that kind of stuff. Like that's that's when it gets ra- that's racist. Okay, understood. That's not blackface. That was that was just called using makeup to conceal someone's identity to, you know, as the stunt person. To, yeah. And it's still it's the stunt person taking the risk for the other actor. You know, you, you get somebody who's qualified, who's not going to die when they do something life threatening and dangerous. You know, they're exactly. the ones taking but, that risk. They're the ones going into it, knowing full well that thing could flip wrong or something could snap. You know, they could die. So I don't see how it's racist. They're they're protecting the actor, regardless of what race they are, with a qualified person who can do something that the actor can't do that's too dangerous. Exactly. But they got in a lot of trouble for that. When Deadpool 2 came up, 
motorcycle rider S.J. Harris, a black woman, was going to do the stunt doubling Domino. Uh, this is a stunt she was not qualified to do. No. The stunt coordinator said she was not qualified for this. She even said she's never done this. Yes, she, she'd never done the stunt that they needed to do in because question. Because she wasn't there a was, stunt driver. Right, she was a motorcycle driver. And a veteran and, and motorcycle They had. Like not even a, not even like a current champion, like a champion, like how old was she? Like she, she was, was 40. She was 40, I think she was a champion like 15 years ago or something. She hasn't even been driving professionally as of recent. And she was uncomfortable with doing the stunt. And they went yes, off and, and made her do it because, because she quote, looked like the actress playing Domino. And that got her killed. Yes, because they had a qualified female stunt, stunt motorcycle, motorcycle stunt driver. But she was white. Fox insisted they use the black woman to double the black woman so they don't have the Gotham controversy again. Ugh. Well, Harris crashed the motorcycle and was killed for this. She was literally killed for political correct reasons. Yep. When everybody said she's not qualified for this, we have a qualified motorcycle stunt driver who's a woman, but, oh, she's white? You can't do that. This is bullshit. They chose the race over the qualifications. When it yeah. comes to something death-defying, whoever's more qualified for the f***ing job should get it. And in this day and age, why could you have not painted the white stunt driver's face green and digitally had Beat's face put onto it? I don't understand why they were going, no, it has to be a black driver. You know why. It's, you know, to, it's to, to show how, how, like, if it would have worked... That probably would have been a big thing. You know, look how progressive we are. Look, we used the proper ethnicity to match the actor instead of the qualifications. I think it's absolutely ridiculous and silly. And the fact that she lost her life over this is infuriating. And what also is annoying is I love the fact that it's like Fox, this major multi-million dollar studio, got in trouble by who? A few whiners on Twitter? That went on this rampage about how, oh, how dare you use, if they would have just said, yeah, we did, go f*** yourself. And it would have, oh, controversy over, because yeah. whenever somebody says no, they're not going to apologize, they go and they look and they find somebody who will apologize. And then after they apologize, it's never good enough. They will just keep laying into them and keep going after them uh, and just making them apologize more and more and more. It's it's never good enough. Social Justice Warriors also brought up another element of this, which I think is even more bullshit. Well, if the stunt industry wasn't so whitewashed, there would have been a qualified black driver. Uh, and I what? just went, double leave down. me alone. Don't down. talk to me anymore, you know? What mm -hmm. the f***? Yeah, when they get called out, double down. It's insulting if that Harris died. the stunt died. industry was... Let me just back this up. The, the stunt industry, if you want to call it that, in Hollywood, pretty much day laborers in a big way. These are people who come to Hollywood looking to make their dreams come true, and a lot of them go to stunt school instead. They become stunt workers. They bust their asses on these sets, nearly getting killed for the big-time Hollywood celebrities. They're some of the more hardworking workers in Hollywood, of the people really 
putting it on the line, you know, and, and you can go back as far as guys like uh, Kane Hodder or Derek Mears or, or people who really make or the an fall effort. guy. Guys like Peter Kent, who have been uh, nearly getting hurt and getting hurt for Arnold Schwarzenegger for the last 20 years. Uh, they're the ones uh, keeping these actors alive, making sure that they're not falling out of trees or getting hit by cars or getting beat up by people a lot bigger than them that could actually kick their asses in real life. This is not whitewashing. These are people willing to double down and do this work that are willing to take the hits and get paid less than the action star. If you look at Deadpool, just in general, speaking as it, most of those scenes of Deadpool in costume is not f***ing Ryan Reynolds. It's a guy that knows martial arts and that can do like twirly-whirly big backflips and actual sword moves and stuff. Ryan Reynolds, if you really think about it, is maybe in those Deadpool movies for about 10% of the time. That's the way it was on, like, the Blade movies. The directors have talked about how in, if you can't see Wesley Snipes' face, it's not Wesley. Oh, man. Well, there you go. And these people saying it's it's a whitewash thing. Oh, it's because they don't want to represent this. But the main character in question of Domino is one of the, well, it's one of the main characters of the film. It's a black actress. How is it whitewashing if you get somebody that's white to take their hits for them? Well, then let's stick with Deadpool. Now, not Deadpool specifically, but the villain in the first Deadpool movie was played by Ed Screen. Well, Ed Screen had, past tense, been cast to play Major Ben Damio in the new Hellboy reboot. No matter what you think of the fact that they're rebooting Hellboy, he was cast to play this character who is of mixed Asian heritage. Well, after some outcry of whitewashing, blah, blah, of course you hire a white actor to play an Asian character, he not the studio, decided he was not right for this part, and he wants to give it up to an Asian actor. Good for okay, him. Okay, fine. Yeah, I got no problem with that, that that was his call. Mm-hmm. But on this same movie, you have actress Sasha Lane, who is black, who has been cast to play the white comic character Alice Monahan, and that's being called the She Showing True Diversity. So to hire a white actor to play an Asian character is racist, but to hire a black actress to play a white character is diversity. Now, this keeps happening. This keeps happening as of recent in Hollywood. It seems to be like this. I don't want to call it a, a disrespect to Asian actors, but that's what it feels like to me. You know, it happened in Doctor Strange getting Tilda Swinton to play what was clearly an old Asian master guy. And, and a male, in, too, in, in the comics. Yeah, you had, who was an Asian man in the comics. And in Hellboy 2, they tried the same thing. And But it seems like yeah, that is, um, it seems like when it's a, a character swapped, uh, a white character swapped for a black character, they don't seem to care. That's like, oh, it's progressive. But if, if Tilda Swinton does it, it's fine. You know, and if, if it's an Asian character becoming a white character, seems to be okay for the most part, depending on how it's done. If it's a white male, if it's uh, Iron Fist, in the comics is a blonde white guy, and they're in, in an outrage and outcry that, that this uh, character isn't being played by an Asian, which in itself is kind of messed up when you think about it, because what, the Asian has to be doing the martial arts? See, Peter, it was called appropriation of Asian culture Ugh. by whites. It, they, they weren't complaining that he was wasn't Asian. They were complaining that Iron Fist is a white man appropriating Asian culture, which is just bullshit because we all can... It doesn't matter if you are white and you enjoy Asian culture. If you want to dress in a kimono and drink and drink, the, you know, the, the tea out of the little cup and all that, what's wrong with that? Yeah, we should be a very international species by this time. I thought we were. I thought we were for the longest time. I thought we were progressing pretty well into the 90s and the 2000s. I thought we were doing pretty good for ourselves. What the f*** is happening? 
There was uh, a thing a while ago. Uh, there was a museum, I believe it was in New York, and they were showing, they were putting forth this Japanese exhibit, and they were, they had uh, people would come into the exhibit, and they gave them kimonos to wear while they walked through the exhibit, and there were a bunch of, and the exhibit was put on by this group of Japanese women, and there was this beautiful, hilarious picture. This group of white women yelling at Japanese women wearing kimonos, telling them that they're culturally, they're guilty of cultural appropriation of their own culture because they're allowing other people to wear the kimonos through this exhibit. It's, it's head scratchingly like what? Like cultural appropriation is not a thing. Like we, our entire existence is all like you want people to, to get along and you want people to integrate with one another. Well, how are they supposed to do that? Like without cultural appropriation, whenever you ask a lot of these, uh, like when, whenever you ask, uh, Chinese restaurants and all that, like they want people to come and eat their food and, and make variations of this and, and wear their clothes and buy their, their junk. Like that is all part of, of living in this world. And if you don't have that, then you have segregation, which seems to be this thing that they're really pushing for right now which again is mind-boggling we fought for the longest time to be able to have integration to be able to have blacks and whites and asians and and uh you know everybody all in the same place getting along are do you not see how ludicrous this is so now you and i'm sure there are tons i mean i i can't go on I, you know i don't spend my days on twitter and facebook and everything seeing all these outraged people all that's the time that's a good thing that's really but good it thing. is a good thing because when i do i usually get to a point where if i'm on twitter or something and i get to a point of where it's just non-stop bitching about something i have i i shut i'm like shut it down do something else because all this is doing is wasting my time and pissing me off it's just infuriating because when you see stuff like this i'm sure there are more cases of this cropping up but I just don't have the time and the patience to, to just to see all this. And what are you what are you gonna do? Like like when when you see like how do you fight back against that kind of idiot idiocy? There are certain times you just can't talk to people. Yeah, you can't you can't talk. There's times where I can't talk to you, Josh. <laughs> yeah, and the, you know what? That. I completely understand you. I completely understand that. Sometimes but... you're going off on a tear, and I'm just like, all right, dude, I'm I'm done. And 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 that's understandable. That that you know. <laughs> You, you can't win this argument, so you're just oh, leaving. Oh, oh, fuck you. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Let's stick with racial insensitivity for a moment. None of us have seen Eli Ross' Death Wish movie. Won't be. Obviously, because it's not out yet. I, I'm, just lo- I'm just looking forward to seeing it to see, oh, Eli Ross making an action movie. Let's see him be a complete f*** up in another genre oh, now. Man. So yeah, that'll be good. <laughs> but... The death, the death wish movie, and I have to think after hearing Eli Ross comments that they planned this. They dropped the trailer out of nowhere. They dropped the first trailer days after the Charlottesville riots. Mm-hmm. The trailer is essentially a white guy in a hoodie running around shooting ethnicities to quote clean up the city in Chicago. When Eli Roth was confronted with the controversy, he said it's the alt right amount of controversy for this movie. What? And then smiled and walked away. Oh. Yes. So he's being a douchebag about this. I think MGM knows this movie is a turd and of they're trying to get ticket sales based on controversy. But the other thing that happened was all of a sudden, the movie's been pushed back to death slot of next year. 
and apparently Eli Roth is livid over this, mm. that they pushed it. And you got to remember, this movie was never going to be any good. No. I, I, I'm going to read when Joe Carnahan in 2013 was trying to make this Death Wish remake. He sent this letter to MGM when they fired him. And I'm going to read this thing. This was Joe Carnahan, a great writer-director, talking to Jonathan Glickman, the head of MGM. Quote, you had a potential Oscar-winning film with maybe the best script in Hollywood, but because you're a coward and a dumb c you now have an untested second-time director and an arrogant, lazy, aging action star that will run that poor kid into the ground. Good luck, asshole. You're a spineless, gutless turd who doesn't belong in the business. Enjoy your run as, quote, studio head Glickman. It's going to be a short one. Fuck you, Joe Carnahan. Unquote. <laughs> There's no way this Death Wish movie is any good, but do you think right now, with racial tensions being how they are, is it really wise to release a Death Wish movie, though? Not in the style that they're wanting to make it. I mean, I don't know if it was truly intentional to have Bruce Willis running around shooting thugs quote-unquote black people, but I feel like it's still something that could have been socially relevant in a way. I mean, the whole point of the original Death Wish was people feeling helpless against the rising crime rate in New York over the uh, lack of funding for the police department. There weren't enough cops on patrols. They had a lot more crimes going on. New York was a far more dangerous city, so you had Paul Kersey stepping up to the plate, shooting bad guys. It worked. Nowadays, you have police with too much power. You have a lot of police corruption on the street. You have a lot of crooked cops running around getting away with way too much that no one should be getting away with. So you can almost do a different spin Almost like a, a maniac cop approach, possibly. Maybe going in a guy who's going after crooked cops or crooked anybody, you know, crooked law officials, lawyers, uh, judges, that kind of stuff. And I feel like that could have worked as a Death Wish film because the reason why the original worked so well is because it was a, it was a socially relevant factor in society in New York that was really upsetting a lot of people. People didn't feel safe enough walking the streets because it of tapped so into the zeitgeist of the era. Mm -hmm. There was so much crime rampant at that time. They needed, they needed a hero. They needed somebody who could do more than the police were. And right now the police are kind of looked at as the villains in a lot of ways. I mean, I'm not saying all cops are bad, but right now it's really not looking good in terms of how much corruption there really is in that system. System. So in a way, again, we kind of need another vigilante again. It would almost work as another Death Wish film where you had somebody going that, that didn't have racial ideologies, that wasn't a cop, that wasn't bigoted, you know, somebody that doesn't just go for minorities and, and lets, uh, lets this rapist go and all this kind of stuff. Like you could have a, a vigilante like that. You know, you could play, play on the whole, um, Brock guy, the guy, the, the swimmer who raped the chick behind the dumpster. Like you could play on that of him getting released like two months early. Then you have the vigilante with a sniper take, with a sniper rifle, like take him out. Like you could have scenes like that. You could have something that goes kind of against what's, uh, what's the social norm at the moment, which is a lot of, a lot of corrupted, uh, police and law, law officials and judges and, and court systems you could have a death wish movie like that. But it looks like it seems like Eli Roth has a really a bad idea with with even just the way that trailer was cut because yeah you, it, it's it's not the um it's not exactly the the most uh, endearing imagery when you you've got a white dude running around in a white hoodie shooting black dudes that that doesn't exactly especially in a, in a post Zimmerman era yeah that doesn't uh, I don't think he's got the right idea for this maybe he's trying to be controversial but he's doing it in a real stupid way I think there's something weird about this in. The whole remake of a Death Wish thing. If you read the credits of the trailer, it says, based on the 1974 movie Death Wish. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that's a little weird, since that Death Wish is based on a novel 
shouldn't this be based on the novel Death Wish? And then I realized, oh, wait, the novel Death Wish is a pacifism tale. Mm -hmm. It shows how Paul Kersey becomes an empty, soulless human because of what he does. Yeah. Whereas Michael Winner's movie glorifies it. That that's That's very telling right there that Eli Roth is picking the glorifying vigilante justice instead of vigilante justice makes you an empty person. Well, you can glory, you can show it in a way um that works. Like I feel like um if, if anybody wants a, a another good uh, death wish sort of story, I mean you've got the John Bernthal Punisher series coming out pretty soon and that's a uh, that's something that shows how empty vigilante justice can make somebody in the form of a character like uh, Frank Castle. If ever that uh, Bruce Willis remake comes out that just looks completely empty and soulless and a, and a cash in of current political climate and events in the worst way possible. With a lot of remakes, uh, I just don't think it, it really deserves, you know, it doesn't need to be made. There's no, no way you're going to top the Charles Bronson version, but I understand studios are lazy and they're always looking for, you know, the, the new thing to jump on. And right, probably around the time when this got greenlit, it seemed like a good idea. As far as the whole racist angle, watching the trailer again, like Bruce Willis, he kills two white people in the trailer. So he's not just shooting ethnicities. There's two two hoodies. There's there's a blue one. And then there's the one in the beginning where it's a, a light gray. And mm. it's not even apparent whether or not that's actually him because you never see his face in the gray. So it's very possible that might be another vigilante or maybe where he's getting the idea from or something. I don't know. It's a trailer. But basically, I'm just speculating. So all I'm saying is that I think that sometimes things get read into a little too much off of two minutes. I, I, I'm not so sure, though. After Eli Ross' comment, it's the alt-right amount of controversy, and then walking away smiling, you just go, you arrogant little f***er. <laughs> and you did this on purpose. Eh, it's it's all showbiz. It's all in, you know, get it like you can rile things up and sometimes controversy will will controversy controversy controversy, controversy. sometimes the controversy will push the movie. Do you think anyone would have went to see The Passion of the Christ if not for all of the hullabaloo around it? So I think that uh, it was it's a little dumb. Especially in today's outrage culture where, uh, you know, as soon as something happens that one person is offended on, they'll write on it on Twitter and then a bunch of uh, angry bloggers will act like that is, uh, you know, the the way the, the entire nation feels about something because one or two people are upset. You have to look at when they did this. They pulled this and pushed it to next year, two days after the shooting in Las Vegas, where 500 plus people were shot by a crazy man. Well, yeah. That's well, when, the, when, you know, when Columbine oh, oh, happened. MGM was probably like, no way, no, this cannot come out in November. It can't. When you get something like Crash or you get something, uh, you know, there are other movies and other television shows and whatnot. And how many uh, um, uh, ripped from the headlines episodes of Law and Order are they are? You know, oh, I can't wait for the I is, can't wait for the SVU on Harvey Weinstein. Oh, you know, what's going on. <laughs> you, know uh, you know what, though? I really wonder because Harvey Weinstein, well, I know we're going to get into it, but his tendrils run so deep that you've got people that really uh, like like Jimmy Kimmel is like, well, I. 
I'm not touching that. You know, I'm not making fun of him. He come and and Lorne Michaels is like, we're not making fun of him. He comes from New York. It's a New York thing. And it's like, re- you're gonna pull that. They nonsense? made fun of him on Saturday Night Live just last night. Oh uh, well, probably they, they finally did because they got called out on it for like a week straight. For it's like, yeah, on, on Weekend Update last night they had like four or five pretty brutal Harvey Weinstein jokes. Mm. All right, well, yeah, but they were saying how they, you know, Lorne Michaels was saying he wasn't gonna touch it, and I guess probably because people are like, oh really? You're you're gonna go after Trump? Yeah, but you're not gonna go after him. You know, it. Uh, I am wondering about the if if uh, if Law and Order or whatever, like what they're gonna do. Like they could probably do an entire season, like based off. They did a Gamergate episode that was one of the most appallingly hollow and blunt, bluntly stupid things I've ever seen. It was so bad. They it was le- laughable. They leveled up. I felt like even <laughs> Ice T was like, "Look, man, I get paid to do a job." <laughs> Because, <laughs> I mean, he's, you know, he loves Gears of War. He's like an actual gamer. And he's like, look, man, I don't write this shit. <laughs> <He's like, laughs> this maybe now is not the best time to release it. And so they'll push things off or or they'll change things. Spider-Man, they they remove the Twin Towers segment. You know, it's it's reality will happen and will change our entertainment. What about when you're inter- the entertainment? is controversial by who is making it. Yes, we have to talk about Victor Salva. Victor Salva, Jeepers Creepers 3, has a couple of problems with it. And no, I haven't even seen the movie. I'm not talking about the movie, but we'll get into parts of that in a minute. Protests across the country when the movie started to open of people, you know, boycott this movie, you know, don't put money in Victor Salva's pocket. And then you had all of these 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 places talking about how yes Victor Silva did what he did blah 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 but look at all of the other actors and the and the producers and everybody who put their time into this movie is that fair to them and the one i love is Victor did his time and i'd go okay he raped a 13 year old repeatedly videotaped it and then kept the tapes he did his time technically but he is still working out his pedophile fantasies powder Jeepers Creepers, Jeepers Creepers 2, very much so. Rosewood Lane. Filled, yeah, are filled with teenage boys in various states of undress. It's, it's still unclear whether this will be in the final release version of the movie, but there is a line where he tries to make pedophilia okay in Jeepers Creepers 3. What? One of the characters, a female, was molested by her stepfather. She's telling this to her boyfriend, and he has the line, quote, can you blame him, though? I mean, look at you. The heart wants what it wants. Oh, am I right? Unquote. That is that is Silva still trying to go, God damn it, pedophilia's okay. He, he wants people to know it's okay to f*** children. And I'm saying, no. Why does Victor Silva get to work? Why does he keep getting hired? What the f***, Hollywood? Why do you hire this man? I mean, I didn't even realize it at the time. Do you guys ever see the Lance Henriksen, Eric Roberts movie, Nature of the Beast from 1995? Ah, no. No. I loved that movie until I found out it was written and directed by Victor Silva. I'd never heard of the guy in 1995. Mm. I cannot watch that movie again. Same with Rites of Passage. Rites of Passage is another movie he wrote and directed in 1999 that's about a boy coming out to his father, Dean Stockwell, and there are all of these scenes with the boy with his boyfriend in various states of undress, and it's like, the writer and director was convicted of raping a child! Why is this okay? Why... Do people give Silva money to make movies? F*** Victor Silva. F*** him sideways. 
I got tired of answering people because I get a lot of requests, you know, review this movie, review this movie. Oh, you have to talk about this movie. And uh, when Jeepers Creepers 3 came out, I always people, oh, my God, you have to, uh, you know, you have to review Jeepers Creepers 3. And I'm like, no, I, I no won't. No way. I, I've, you know, no. And they're like, well, why? And I'm like, well, here I would link him to, you know, his criminal report. And I'm like, here. <laughs> and they're like, oh. Oh, they're like, I had no idea. And I think that's kind of the, you know, in there are a lot more people that know about him now than back in the day. Now, I remember I had seen Powder and I was like, I, I, I didn't know who the hell he was. You know, this is that was the first time I'd recognized, you know, that I'd heard the name. And why? Because I saw it on Inside Edition and a current affair about him being a pedo. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't. I, I you know, I didn't know. I just was like, ah, you know, and I, I kind of I watched it. And I, I remember talking to a buddy of mine. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I thought it was a good movie. I'm like, seemed a little odd with that really extended teenage shower scene in the middle. But the locker room the locker... scene went on. Uh, he lingered a little uh, too much. I don't want to say a lot too much. So, but I didn't, you know, I didn't, you know, I just thought, eh, whatever. I saw Jeepers Creepers and I actually liked it. And then around the time when Jeepers Creepers 2 came out was when I started hearing about this guy. And then I, you know, did, you know, that was around later to where everybody had the internet and stuff. And so that's when it was like, oh, oh God, what did, he, he did what? And then after that, I was like, nope, you know, I mean, I, I have I have the, the DVDs for Jeepers Creepers one and two. And I feel bad because, yes, there is a lot of, you know, hundreds of people, you know, movies don't get made by one person. There still were a lot of people that knew full well what this guy did and willingly worked with him. I'm sure some of the people weren't aware of it, but now there's no excuse. Like now it's just, it's, it's a, a scream that it's like, look, everybody knows, you know, well, not every, but mo most everybody knows. And people in the industry at this point have to know that this guy is a pedophile. And again, with the, with the whole, well, he did his time. Okay. He did do his time. However, if I was, uh, if, if there was a person was working at the post office and they ended up uh, raping a child and then tried to go back and get a job at the post office. They would not get that job because they no. were a pedophile. So same thing. He was a director raped and videotaped him, you know, videotaped and raped a child and goes back to the star of his film the no and less. then goes back to working for Disney. You know, with, with powder. And it's like, okay, he did his time, but now he's back making movies again where he's going to be around children. And he's obviously not really gotten, you know, over it. And I think that not. Th there is also a frustrating thing that's going on right now where you had a lot of, of these gawker-esque type websites that were pushing pedophilia uh well um you know well i'm a pedophile but i'm not a monster and they were trying to yes, push you are. and it's like F you yes you are you abs if you rape it if you if you if you screw a kid yes you are yes you are if you're thinking about screwing a kid and still F you you are a pedophile you are a complete pile of shit. I have no tolerance for any of that shit. So I think that that is, uh, is a really weird. I am very tolerant of a lot of things. If you, uh, are gay, if you're a lesbian, if you're a transsexual, if you're whatever, I have no problem with that. I have no problem with, with your, with how you want to live your life. I will not stand in your way at all. You can be free to be the whatever person you want to be. But if you are a person who wants to f children, no. I, that is that is my line. F you 
And I, I think we also have to look at the fact that, you know, people keep doing the, he did his time. Okay, but then if all of his movies did not somehow involve teenage boys in various states of undress, and then look at that line from Jeepers Creepers 3. That's clearly trying to normalize his desires. Which is something that should he never... He is not over this. That should yeah. never He's be not normalized. Over Exactly. He's not over this. No. He still wants you to think it's okay what he did. This is the biggest problem in Hollywood more than anything. If you want to talk about racial diversity, you want to talk about whitewashing, some of those are, they're pretty shitty. Okay, fine. But the biggest problem that this entire industry has is letting sex offenders go back to work, letting rapists and pedophiles go back to work. This goes back as far as guys like Alfred Hitchcock that would sexually harass their, their female actors. This goes far back as, as Woody Allen, Roman Polanski, and it keeps happening. You have guys like Victor Salva. Brian Singer. Yeah. You just found that out last night. I just night found that out, and I, I feel fucking dirty, because I love X-Men 2. I have, God I damn have, it. I have Brian Singer stories that I can't, I can't say on the record. I, I, there, there are things that, um, that make it very difficult to watch Brian Singer movies. Uh, he likes 13 year old boys, and you go, no. Why do people hire him? Now, with uh, guys like Salva, it, it really, like Disney put this guy back to work. Let him do Powder. Let him do Jeepers Creepers, which at the end of that movie is very much like taking Justin Long and he's all tied up. You know, that guy's a, a twinky looking fella to begin with. He could pass as a 14-year-old. Jeepers Creepers 2 has uh, the creeper literally creeping on like high school boys when they're stuck in that school bus. Even that movie before I, like, I liked the first Jeepers Creepers. I didn't think Jeepers Creepers 2 was all that bad either, but even in high school when I had first seen that movie I found that a bit odd when he's like kind of ogling the, the blonde pretty guy and sh- and then you find out about what he did. For whatever reason, they're letting this guy, or not even, it, it, it had been like, uh, publicly known years before. Like, that enraged me even further when I found out he did Rosewood Lane. And then, and then he got the opportunity to do fucking Jeepers Creepers 3. And Rose McGowan, who's been going on this ginormous tirade about Weinstein, and oh, boycott Twitter, and women are being silenced, she's fucking endorsing Victor Salva. She's worked for the guy. Rosewood Lane was only a few years ago. If, if she's this passionate about sexual offenders in Hollywood, you stand up for everything then. It's bullshit to me. It's, it's completely more opportunistic and her trying to fit back into the tabloids again. Because if you really care about people having their, their lives ruined, their innocence taken from them, you go after fuckers like Salva too. You don't go be in their movie. It goes back so far at this point in the industry. I mean, there, there are jokes made about the whole casting couch thing that have been happening for decades. I mean, you look at a movie like Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, a movie that's a Miramax film that's technically being put out by Harvey Weinstein. You got jokes in that movie. I got, I got women lining up around the block, uh, to come in my trailer and, and, uh, get a part in my movie. And I got just the part for him and the whole like disappearing a, a dead hooker from Ben Affleck's trailer thing. I mean that whole thing is so hard. Clearly Weinstein. that was um, so based on him. Inadvertently taking shots at Harvey Weinstein or doing it on purpose. Either way, Kevin Smith seemed to fucking know. Almost everybody who who was a big Miramaxer, and yes, we're moving to Harvey Weinstein, a statement how they didn't know. And then of course Rose McGowan and, and a bunch of other people have called them out saying, the hell you did not know. Ugh. 
no, no, this is still up for debate whether it actually happened or not, the thing I'm about to bring up. Sharon Waxman of the New York Times says that Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and Russell Crowe all teamed up with Harvey Weinstein to kill a story back in 2004 that the New York Times was planning to run on Weinstein's abuses. And Matt Damon says that absolutely never happened. Waxman says, oh, yes, it did. I mean, even Cecil right. brought up earlier when we were talking in private that the New York Times has put out a lot of fraudulent bullshit. Yeah, they do just the, enough. The New York Times was under a different ownership then. Stuff yeah. to, to get them so they don't get libeled. The New York Times back then had a different owner who, who valued circulation over anything. Their current owner seems to value truth over anything yeah so i i, I it, it was i hate to say it to use harvey's line it was a different time right now was that with the whole new york times thing that is more speculation because if you're looking at what's happening now you do have matt damon coming out against weinstein you do have affleck going out against weinstein and at that time in the time of 2004 2003 when there were all these allegations against weinstein you got to look at it from this perspective affleck was just becoming big around that time as was damon this is when they were actually becoming stars in hollywood they knew where their bread was buttered unfortunately when you're making money when you've actually got it going good for yourself you don't want to give up the career you've been aspiring to do sure they They've been hearing maybe their boss is a is a rapist. Their boss is a sexual offender. They kept their fucking heads down. They had to at that time. I'm pretty sure Richard Richard Stanley came out yeah two or three days ago and said that while he never personally saw anything from Harvey, mm-hmm. he knows for a fact Harvey did these things. He says at the premiere of Hardware in 1990. Mm-hmm. They were at they were at Con him and Stacy Travis, the star of the movie, and Stacy called him up and said Harvey keeps trying to get into my room and into my pants. <laughs> Stanley told her, "If you want to, then do it. If you don't want to, I'll back you up." She eventually told Harvey no, and she almost never worked. As Stanley puts out, look at her career trajectory mm. after she dissed Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. The best she could get was supporting roles on TV. Because that's the thing. Before he, that, she was going up and up and up. He, if you don't sleep with him, you don't work. That was the unfortunate was the way part. It he owned one of the bigger distribution companies at that time. Miramax was huge. Dimension was huge. Companies putting out the the Scream films, the, the Jay and Silent Bob stuff. A, a plethora of stuff was coming out at that time with rising stars in the middle of it. Rising stars like... Uh, and a like ton Rose. of Oscars. Hmm? And so all those hugely successful horror films, you know, all yeah. the, I mean, all of those 90, uh, 90s films were Dimension. Yeah, 90s, early 2000s, you had some of the Halloween movies in there. You have the to Hellraiser think of it sequels, from, from yeah. the perspective of these actors that are working, thinking this might be the best that they've got it. And now you look at, you look at guys like Damon, you look at Ben Affleck now, who's a, a multi-Oscar winner. He can do whatever he wants at this point. He can make his own f***ing movie. Right now... It's, it's, it's the safest point for him to actually go and speak out against Weinstein because he knows nothing's going to happen. Maybe that's a little cowardly, but he has his bread buttered where he needs it to be. He can actually speak out. He has the platform to actually crush Weinstein as well as many other people do as well. You know, Gwyneth Paltrow doesn't need to work for Weinstein anymore. And even back in the day, I think she was, um, maybe dating Brad Pitt at the time and he confronted, uh, confronted Weinstein. It was Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie. That, no, he confronted him with, with Gwyneth Paltrow as well. Yeah, because Paltrow went to Brad Paltrow. Pitt. Like maybe they weren't, uh, dating, but she went to him about Weinstein and then he confronted him. So they, people have mm-hmm. attempted to do it back in the heyday, as, as you might call it, the heyday of Miramax and the, and, and Dimension, but it was harder to do at that time. He had a lot more pull. Whereas now, 
he's not the biggest thing going. He's not the biggest distributor of of horror. Far from it. You know, oh, you, the got Weinstein, Blum, yeah, you got Blumhouse Weinstein now. Failing. And stuff. Weinstein Company's failing hard. It's failing hard. So now it's it's the right fucking time to strike. You can yeah. actually get him now. But, he doesn't okay, have let's... he doesn't have that backup money that he used to have. Now it's it's a perfect time for people to actually strike out against the guy. So you know, I I commend um Damon and Affleck not. Not so much McGowan because uh, it seems a little opportunistic, and she's not going after guys like Victor Salva. But still, she's doing her part and and going after him, has, as everybody but, should. But be. she's also to, to defend McGowan a little bit due to a confidentiality agreement. She could she couldn't she couldn't use his name. Yeah. She's been going after him for over a decade and being very very vocal and only barely hiding it. Like when when Grindhouse was released through uh, I can't remember if it was Miramax or Dimension. When Grindhouse was released in 2007, she tweeted. My boyfriend, and she was dating Robert Rodriguez at the time, mm. my boyfriend just sold our movie to my rapist. Yeah, so she has always been uh, vocal about it. Yeah, she hasn't backed down that he raped her. Let's go back to the beginning. This has been going on. The earliest report of the woman that, of woman that's come forward is 1991. And there are different allegations from sexual harassment to sexual misconduct to straight up forcible rape. So there are all these allegations, and you have to ask this question. How the f*** did this go on for so long? Because clearly, I mean, Courtney Love has been calling him out. Seth MacFarlane called him out on the Oscars a few years ago, and everyone laughed about it. I'm sick of this term, an open secret. I mean, I am har- I am hardly connected to Hollywood at all, but the few outlier connections I have, I'd been hearing these stories for a couple of years now mm. about him. And it's not just Harvey. You, you have, in the last couple of months, all of these sex abuse scandals that have been going on for so long. You've got Harry Knowles. You've got the guy from on, that created Honest Trailers. You've got the head of Birth, Death Movies. You've got the head of the Alamo Draft House. You've got, not even in the movies, you've got four different Fox News people who've all lost their jobs due to sexual abuse yeah. in the last few months. And it, it, you have to ask yourself, first of all, how did this go on for so long? And second of all, why now? Harvey has millions and millions of dollars that he's spent to settle cases to the point, I don't really want to credit TMZ here, but TMZ got a hold of his 2015 contract. They have sexual abuse written into his contract. As long as he pays all of the fines and pays all of the settlements, the Weinstein company was okay with him being a sexual predator to the women in their company as long as he paid for it. That is an, a mindset that boggles me. It boggles my mind that, that this was ever a thing, that his fucking contract says you can sexually harass women as long as you pay them. As I was saying when we were talking in, uh, you know, in chat before we uh, we got on this, I uh, I think that the, it is perfectly reasonable to believe that there are a lot of people who worked with him in some capacity but weren't aware of his actions. However, his secretaries who sent you know women to his hotel room repeatedly. Um, oh, it was a it was a honeypot trap with right. Them. His they admitted this the the board who drafted this contract and all most likely all of them signed that were well aware of this. They put this together to kind of save their own asses to kind of, you know, well, uh, to, to cover their own ass, which is just ridiculous in and of itself. It's absurd. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, well you, as long as you pay all this, you, you know, you're good. So that's why I think it, like right now, I, I know we're going to get into it, but where 
there are uh at, like um uh I think Julianne Moore just canceled a uh a, 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 a thing that she was doing with the Weinstein company. She's not the only one. There's a lot. I of know, people. but I'm saying David. The, o- the Weinstein companies are becoming like lepers in Hollywood. Agents won't send their their actors or actresses there anymore. Some of their TV projects, like a lot of people don't realize how far Harvey's reach went. Like Project Runway was a Weinstein company production. Yeah. They have reality shows, TV shows. They produce some cartoons on Cartoon Network. All of those places are thinking about either dropping the shows, which is not fair to the people who work on those shows, or trying to find a way to buy them out of the Weinstein company. Which at I, this point they probably could. I think that at this point the the Weinstein company because they're trying to they're they're getting rid of Harvey's name they're just salting the earth which I think is a bad idea because simply you're you can't erase history regardless of what a horrible person he was he still was involved in this and by removing history you're removing the you know the problems that came along with it so mm-hmm. I think that basically what they should do and I it's up for debate as to what whether or not they're going to do this but they're they were trying to change the name of the company and i'm like no at this point you got to salt the earth you have to just uh, disband the wine scene company and you know i guess you know let everybody go their separate ways because no one is going to want to be involved in with them i mean their their name is is cancer you know yeah. and even getting rid of harvey is not good enough because of the fact everybody enabled him everyone that was involved everyone that was in the higher up the the board all the way down to the people who you know that were okay with sending these young naive starlets to his room no you're you're all done but you have to look at you have to look at two other angles here. Okay, we have all these women speaking out, and that's a good thing. So I am not a rape apologist at all because we're hearing about all the ones who were dissatisfied. How many women did he do this to who just were basically whoring themselves, going, "All I got to do is suck this fat guy's dick, and I get a part in a movie that might win me Oscars." Okay, we're only seeing his misses. How many hits did he have? This is pure speculation. This is absolutely pure speculation. There was somebody who had come out and said that uh, uh, Cara Delevingne was yep. involved. I heard this story. And it was like, isn't it suspicious that this block of wood actress that uh, that all of a sudden is in everything? How many actresses were there that... They they just sucked it up and they said, uh, you know, literally, and they said, all right, uh, if I do this, this will be beneficial to my career. He made them, you know, the old I'll make you a star. And it's well, yeah, because despicable. One of the one of the girls who told him no, one of the girls who told him no was Mira Sorvino. And all of a sudden she said after she left his hotel room when she wouldn't sleep with him, no one at Miramax returned her phone calls anymore. Yep. And the role she was up for went to another actress who won an Oscar for it. That's true, man. Because I mean, think back to the '90s. Mira Sorvino did that. Um, did that Woody Allen Mira movie? Mira a great actress. Oh, she's too. great too. But she did that Woody Allen movie. She got the Oscar for it. She was huge. And then nothing. She just dropped off the face of the earth. I mean, she still worked, but ironically, nowhere she won to the an, capacity. It's kind of ironic that she won an Oscar in another hollywood filmmaking sex offenders film you know it's it's everywhere it's a fucking disease it is not just men preying on women three big male actors have come out and said that gay male producers terry cruz terry cruz of all people has been roped terry that that is amazing and rob schneider 
Rob Schneider? Yeah, Rob Schneider, yeah. Rob Schneider I just came out today. I, I this this part is speculation, but when James Vanderbeek told his story, he said the the male producer that that harassed him and tried to get him into bed is no longer alive. Mm. Schneider said the same thing. And so I'm wondering if it's the same producer. Mm. What kind of balls do you have to have to try and to try and push around Terry Crews sexually? I was actually the man talking, could swing uh, his dick and kill you. I was talking about this with Charlotte actually, and she brought up a really good point: is if Terry Crews were to overreact and basically snap the guy in half over his knee then that would look nothing but bad for him. People would be like, oh, this big, this big angry black guy. See, this is just how it goes. This big violent guy. So he, I think he really felt kind of helpless in that situation because he, he knew if he reacted poorly, it would look bad on him and nobody would probably believe him. It's like, what? Who would try to rape you? You're huge. You're just being violent and angry. So that's in a way really manipulative. I think that whoever, it was like a producer or a, or a studio exec or something came up to him at a party and just grabbed him by the junk. And I think that guy knew that if Terry had beaten the fuck out of him, it would have completely damaged his career because, hey, what do people say? And it was say? way earlier in his career, too. Yeah, what would even... people say about, uh, what do people normally say about big, uh, jacked up former athletes and stuff? There's always, oh, it's probably the steroids, you know, the steroid abuse. You know, those big athletes, they're all violent. It's just, hey, I've seen that Ben Affleck HBO stories thing. <laughs> I know how the roid rage goes. <laughs> But Terry Crews had said where he's like, he was there with his wife and the producer yeah. came up and grabbed his junk and he said his first reaction is to, is to lay the guy out. Yeah. And then, but in his head, he's like, there is no scenario in this that isn't going to end with me going to prison. So yeah. he took his wife and he said he left the party and he didn't speak about it and he just like, but it was very uncomfortable. But just the audacity and having the, the balls to just go up to, t- dude, I love Terry Crews. I think he is awesome. But like, I'm sure if I was to ever meet him, I would probably, like, he's super friendly too, but I would mm-hmm. still be intimidated because he's gigantic. Like, well, yeah, he's, he's enormous. He's an ex NFL player, you know. Mm-hmm. So in in shape, he's not one of those guys who just let himself go. He still looks like a friggin' Terminator. Oh, he's still Jack, and he's got you know hands like friggin' you know catcher's mitts. So I would just <laughs> be like, you know, Mr. Cruz, I'm a big fan, but holy crap, dude, you're huge. And you know, it's probably one of two things. It's either some fat stu, you know, some fat producer or some little skinny wormy dude who just yeah. came up and and just ah, oh, just oh, it just makes your skin crawl. And you really, yes. there's part it's of you sick. that wishes he would have laid the guy out, but you can That's absolutely understand hoping, yeah. why he wouldn't. I mean, it, it would have, it would have ended him. Uh, there would not, it would not have been good. Steven Seagal still gets work, oh and he was charged with not just sexual abuse, of which there are many allegations. He was charged with sex slavery, for God's sake. He also beat his uh, beat his wife or abused his wife, didn't he? The the chick that he was in yeah. with, like Hard to Kill, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, Kelly LeBron. Kelly LeBron. Yeah, Burt Reynolds has said he wrote a tell-all book that is to be published upon his death. Oh, man. Where he says he was, he, he basically all but says that he was raped repeatedly by, you know, male producers and whatnot and did a lot of things that he was not particularly proud of to get into the position where he is. And he has this book basically that is just, that is written, that is edited, that is done, that is basically just sitting and will be published upon his death. Oh my God. That is probably. You know, I bet that's. 
I bet it does happen to a lot of more, a lot more male stars than you think. Multiple actors that it could have happened to. I mean, if you look at Ben Affleck in his earlier days or Matt Damon or a lot of the guys that are, that are quite pretty, that were a lot prettier when they were younger too, guys like Gosling, it might not happen to as many men as it does to women. I think a lot of it does happen to the young up and coming starlets who want to make it big in Hollywood. But I think a lot also of the, the younger, you know, prettier men or the younger muscular dudes or even guys like Terry Cruz, you know, they disgusting studio execs see them and they're like, I'm going to make this guy a star. He's going to suck my cock. You know, a lot of them are just gross, just disgusting people. And I think it happens to more stars than we'd like to think it does, be it male or female. And I, I look forward to reading Burt Reynolds book um, and also am kind of dreading it as well, because I'm sure there's a lot of really gross stuff in there. But I think all of it needs to be addressed. It's not just about the the pedophiles or the sex offenders or the sexual harassers or the women that get abused and the men that get abused. It's about all of it. And it all needs to be exposed. And this is this is an industry that needs to fall. Hollywood as a whole needs to crumble so it can start over again from a fresh perspective owned by people who aren't scumbag pieces of shit. And see, that's part of the problem. Like with in the Harvey Weinstein example, they knew. You know, it was written into his contract. They knew. It's turned out so many of these other ones knew. Fox News knew about Bill O'Reilly. They knew about all of these things, and they were helping cover it up. Honest Trailers, the, was it Anthony Signore or something like that? It's turned mm-hmm. out that, that the HR department at Honest Trailers knew about this for over a year, and they were protecting him. That was the owner of uh, Screen Junkies, and he was a very yeah. outspoken uh, male feminist as well. Because he started Screen Junkies in 2012, and his channel before that in 2011 was essentially the man show. It was all like, hey, we got these girls. Look at their boobs. It was, and then he goes and he does screen junkies. And then, you know, with the whole Ghostbusters thing, it's all, you need to listen to strong, empowered women. And that's one of my things. It's like, whenever you have people that, and, and I know the term is annoying, but it fits so well. Whenever you have somebody that virtue signals that loudly and that constantly, they're always the ones who have the biggest skeletons in their closets. They're They're always the scumbags. They're always hiding something. And it eventually comes out. Mm -hmm. And then, and it's just and but it's just funny because that whole time where everyone else is like all right what's what's this guy doing like like regular i guess regular people so to speak are like all right this guy's maybe he he doth protest too much yeah. And then, uh, and, but then you have all these people that are like, he's a strong feminist ally. And meanwhile, he's flying <laughs> women out from Cal, you know, out to California to put them up in a hotel room to try to have sex with them because they're fans of the show. And he'll, oh I'll put you, God. I'll put you on movie fight. And it's like, and that did kind of strike because I had, uh, I had been in contact with him and I always kind of wondered, I'm like, huh. I'm like, I, you know, I've never been invited, but there's all these like other women who've been out who've been invited out there. And I'm not saying that they're not invited for their talent and whatnot, but a lot of them were smaller channels than mine. And in one case, it was a fan who got flown out to be on the show. And it just was very odd that I'm like, huh. And I'm like, well, I guess they just want to have more women on the show and, and whatnot. And I'm, I'm sure that a lot of that was that, but there was also some of that him trying to get women out there to get his dick wet. And like, it's, it's despicable and it's disgusting. And uh, what a what a complete hypocrite. That's something that's really bugging me lately is, is people that are complete scumbags that hide behind the the ultra left wing virtue signaling stuff. Like you've got the screen junkies guy, you got the Alamo Draft House guy who was all, 
oh, all women's screaming, screening of Wonder Woman. And I knew there was something fucking dodgy about that. I was right. God damn it. I knew it. I knew there was something off about that guy. Well, but you also have to, like I said, this is a systematic thing. Like at Honest Trailers or Screen Junkies specifically, they knew about this for over a year and they were making excuses about it. I think of the HR department it was very shitty, but there are a lot of really good people that work there. Well, but, but then you also have like at Ain't It Cool News. When when the allegations came out against Harry Knowles, the the women that came forward were not told, yes, we believe you will deal with this. They were told, two different women were told, maybe you should just avoid Harry from now on. <laughs> you know, like it was their fault for being cute and pretty and in his vicinity. Not Harry Knowles, you need to knock this yeah. off. You know, if you don't want to be sexually harassed, maybe you should avoid Harry. Fucking victim I mean, blaming. It, oh, the victim blaming. Miriam Bisniak or something like that from Big Bang Theory wrote this thing. She wasn't defending Harvey Weinstein, but she essentially blamed all of the actresses because they were pretty. Oh my god. She, she, put, she, she put in her op-ed that not being a perfect 10, she's never had to deal with this thing, and she essentially said you are hot. Of course, guys want to sleep with you. And I went. There's a difference. What the f- There's a are difference you doing? between that and getting sexually harassed and raped or or beaten because some insecure guys like you're too hot for me. Yeah. Then the whole power play thing. It, it's completely different from that. And again, I knew there was something off about Big Bang Theory, and there is. And I was right. I'm not a hundred percent sure I agree with this, although. Even in context, this quote was always very, very awkward. Somebody dug up a Jason Momoa quote from 2011 when he was at Comic-Con. This is back when he was still on Game of Thrones. He said, Game of Thrones lets me do things I've always fantasized about, like killing dragons and raping beautiful women. Uh, He was clearly f***ing kidding about that. He actually felt... I know, but I'm just saying, that was a really stupid thing to say no matter what. But I mean, I've, I've heard what he's talked about in terms of the, the scenes he's had with uh, what's her face, a dragon, dragon lady. He would try to make the scenes less tense by wearing like a pink sock on his dong and, and things like that. Like he was very cordial and very nice. Like I, I think that was just kind of him uh, acting up the whole macho barbarian thing. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of the guys, but I can, you know, I can see sarcasm where it's in, where it's intended to be. I don't think he was saying but that. But it's he has, a really dumb. Okay, I don't think he has here's, here's fantasies about raping comment. anybody. Here's the thing though. Whenever you have, like, I like Momoa, but he's a jock. Yeah. And when you remember back to the days of high school, who are the people who were always trying to be funny but weren't? Jocks. So here was him trying, to, he was doing a quote for, for a thing, and he was trying to be funny, and he, of course he said the dumbest thing possible, yeah. because he's not really a funny guy. He's going to say something stupid. If this was another guy who, like, I think if, if there was rumblings about him, you know, it would have come out at this point. Because, uh, but I think that it was just, he said just the, he said what he thought was funny, and it was just a stupid thing to say. So I don't, yeah. I don't fault him for that. I, I bet Warner Brothers is just going, God damn it, because now they got this to deal with a month before Justice League comes out. And then, was it a month and a half ago, all the Joss Whedon stuff came out about how Joss had been cheating on his wife so many times oh, and abused God. his authority with women. You got to think Warner Brothers is going, God damn it. <laughs> Can we just release the fucking movie already? Well, did you hear with, with Whedon, Whedon left Twitter when all of that happened because he's of getting attacked. Now everybody well, has turned their backs on him. Right. Well, now, oh God, well, now he's, uh, and uh, now he's been unpersoned, but he came <laughs> back to Twitter 
to to talk about how Harvey Weinstein was bad, and it's like, oh dude, dude, you did the you same did thing. The same thing. Well, he didn't Shut necessarily like. I think with uh, Whedon, it was more consensual. He was just sleeping around with women who would fuck him. Um, and he sort of, not, yeah, I'm all big in Hollywood now. And then he tried to blame it on like the patriarchy or some shit. He was like, I was doing that. No, he, he tried to blame no, it on blame his it. own weakness. Yeah, he was all like, it was expected of me as a man. It was expected of me as a man. In I can't be surrounded Hollywood. by these beautiful like, women. It's the sound of the smallest violin playing just for you, Whedon. Shut the f- I, up. Do you guys know what Hollywood, there's the other Hollywood porn. And you talk to anyone from that, from like the 80s era, the 70s era. I don't know about, you know, maybe the 90s. I've heard some stories. But in the 70s or 80s era, you talk to Ginger Lynn or any of those people. And they'll say, do you know who had control in the porn industry? The women. Mm. You know, it, it's, it's kind of weird how that's considered the dirty Hollywood. And it's really the cleaner one when well, you think about it. Well, it kind of has to be. These are people having sex on camera. Every, everything needs to be regulated. And especially over years, they, they needed to do the STD checks. They had to start wearing condoms. I think women get paid more than the male performers do. You know, they have more background checks to them and they're a little more mainstream. Obviously, these ones look after their performers a lot more, but obviously there are seedier depths of um, amateur stuff and there's the whole casting couch stuff and the, the shit where they probably do abuse some of their their performers and it's not quite as regulated. But I do think that when it comes to the more well-known stuff where you do have uh, female performers talking about how they're actually looked after, how they, they get paid more, how women are kind of running the show behind the scenes. That's positive. That's a good thing. That's a good thing to know that, that people in that industry are actually being taken care of because, I mean, it's, it's people f***ing on camera. You know, they, they should be taken care of and women should be getting uh, getting paid top dollar to be to be doing that sort of thing because they're willing to do it, especially with some of the f***ing grease balls that work for that industry. And Are you saying the women come out on top? Hey, look, oh, man, God. if I if I got a if I got a Ron Jeremy, I want top dollar. <laughs> I, I want to be paid as much as possible. Porn stars, they have a very short shelf life. They're kind of like sports, uh, you know, football players and whatnot. They're they're you know, they're from 18 to like 30. I think that's pretty much, you know, that's that's your prime time after that. Not counting fetishes. Not counting fetishes, but that's the thing. Like, there was a porn star who was talking a while ago about, you know, when she was 18, she was doing, you know, the, uh, she was doing the, the, you know, barely legal stuff. And then it was like, you know, mid-20s and she was doing more of the mainstream stuff. And then it got to like, you know, MILF porn. And then it got to like, you know, it's just, it, you, you go through different, and then you're making less and less and less money. And, uh, and you're, but you're doing more and more debaucherous things. And, yeah. uh, it's, it's kind of, you know, you really, uh, the smart one, ones will go from like 18 to 30 and just save their money yeah. so that they don't have to do all the uh, all the or debauchery find, later like, an industry position like uh, more as like a producer or maybe a director yeah yeah, move, yeah move which is what into, a lot of them did yeah, move into yeah. a lot of the 80s the, the girls we watched in the 80s they became the directors of the 90s which is a smart thing to do because then you Good stay in the industry you keep getting paid We've got all these controversies going on. We've got the racial stuff. We've got the pedophile stuff. We've got all of the sexual abuse. I think we just made probably the most controversial episode nah, we've I don't ever think done. We did. No, because honestly, it's going to upset anybody. At this point, 
what, everything that we said is true. And I think that everybody is, is, we're all kind of, like, I think at this point, everybody's kind of on the same page. Everybody is sick and tired of it. Everybody is, is kind of getting, I think, I think if anything, people might bitch about the, uh, about the cultural appropriation stuff. Cause there are some people who, for some reason, still think that's like an actual thing. But I mean, as far as Hollywood being filled with scumbags and, and shitballs, I think that, uh, in general, people are, are agreeing with us. Where can we find Peter? being his virtuistic self and only sending out true signals. Uh you will never Come on, Brute Man you Charlie. You will never see Brute Man Charlie being virtuous, okay? I will be straight up with you as the sleazy scumbag that I am, but I'm a, I'm a pretty okay sleazy scumbag. I'll be kind of good to you. You can see that on uh at Cinematica uh, for Twitter, YouTube the Cinemasochist, uh, Facebook the Cinemasochist, 1201beyond.com where my shirts are selling like hotcakes. Keep buying them, but buy some Radio drum ones too, god damn it. And uh, I, I appreciate the uh the, the twenties and the thirties of dollars I am getting. It's great. Well, and then we have Cecil who is arguably the best person amongst the three of us. Sorry, Peter, but it's true. Where can people <laughs> find Cecil being the best of the worst? I'm like I'm I'm a good person. But then but then I say I say <laughs> that and I sound like I'm now I'm virtue signaling. Oh f- God damn it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm terrible. I trapped you. You certainly did, you son of a bitch. You <laughs> can find me probably involved in some sort of debauchery, but uh, I'm open about it. Um, over at goodbadflix.com as well as goodbadflix on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook. And you can find me being a, pr- a pretty terrible human being all around. I mean, all you got to do is go read some of the message boards out there. I'm a horrible, horrible person. You can find me at 1201beyond.com, and you can contact this show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. Guys, try to be a cut above. I know it's difficult. Don't be Harvey Weinstein. The only thing I'll say is, I bet Bill Cosby's going, I'm no longer a celebrity rapist du jour. Thank you, Harvey. <laughs> Find it and other great content at 1201beyond.com.